Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Cleaning for COVID, we discuss how the recent pandemic has changed the way professional cleaning companies do business. Our guest is Damon Cleveland, CEO and founder of Pro Cleanings, a commercial cleaning company based in New York. How you doing, Damon? Hello, Damon. Welcome. Gentlemen, good day. Thank you. Um, doing well. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this business. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's been an interesting journey. I, um, I started out as a corporate project manager. And so I have a pretty extensive background of leading teams. Uh, in 2013, you know, a friend of mine, he gave me an idea of starting my own cleaning company. And so barriers of entry were really low. I got into commercial cleaning. Uh, we won our first project with a really large company by the name of uh, uh, Dish TV. And we were responsible for cleaning 60,000 square feet of their office space. So that was really my entry into the, into the space. That's a pretty big start. So since you've been, so what year was that that you got into the business? Uh, so that and the we officially started September 2013. So yeah, it was about seven eight years ago now. So that was pre COVID, clearly. <laughs> uh, and now we've obviously been in the pandemic where cleaning is important, uh, and then we're going to move into the future once we have the pandemic in our rearview mirror uh, and things and how we think about uh, spaces, how we think about cleaning those spaces will change forever. So. Tell us a little bit about where we were before the pandemic in terms of your, the cleaning business and industry at large, and you know what happened now that COVID started, and where do you think things are going to go over the next several years? Well, it's a really interesting question, right? If you think about it, New York is you know, a democratic state, and we have these very kind of, well, it's funny, we have both liberal and very progressive policies, and I think... Um, how businesses treat their vendors reflects that, right? So in many scenarios, you had businesses that were just freeballing it. They were hiring contractors. They were very um, uh, loose in terms of how they went out about finding uh, cleaning providers. Um, and I think that's why I was able to come in and win that, that large contract. Um, I think that that's changed quite a bit, right? Because the idea of not only do you have somebody cleaning your space, but do they know how to properly clean your space has started to take center stage. And that's kind of where the industry is going. So I think, you know, that's kind of how I frame, frame that. Are there, are there metrics within the industry? Is there a group that, that somehow ranks cleaning services in terms of their um, uh, safety, health codes, efficiency of cleaning? How does somebody find out that you're a better cleaning operation than somebody else? Well, naturally, they, they, they come looking for me first. You see the name Damon Cleveland, and they know, they know it's a natural, um, a natural provider for cleaning services. But if you really want kind of, um, you know, the gold standard, you want companies that are, are complying with OSHA, which is basically a, a governmental body that will um, ensure companies 
are following very strict protocols on how we handle and report industry, uh, industry injuries, how we track employee uh, illness or ailments. And so that's kind of the, the, the gold standard. Um, and then you have other kind of third parties that have these training and certifications, but it's still very much a free flowing industry. There's not a really rigid system for certifications or even the OSHA standard, I told you there's no, it's just kind of a, 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 a series of guidelines. There's no certification in OSHA. So it's still very much free form. So when you start as a small company like yourselves, you come out of the blue, uh, you've obviously got experience in business, you, you've got an entrepreneurial spirit, you open up uh, a company in 2013. How do you grab Dish TV? How, how, give us, give the entrepreneurs out, out, out there an example of how that happens. So, you know, I can look back um, and talk about that, but, you know, let's, let me frame it through what I'm going through right now. At the end of the day, pricing is key, right? Um, cleaning is not rocket science. And in those days, you know, the idea that you were able to come in and compete on price was kind of a paramount decision, um, decision-making factor for the, the provider or the, 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 the client. And so if you can come in, show that you have resources and compete at, 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 at a level that would make you competitive from a pricing standpoint, then you have a you know 50-50 shot. The rest of it is luck and kind of you know timing, that type of thing. So, and that still applies today. Um, pricing is key in this industry. Businesses see us as a cost center, obviously, and they want to make sure that they're keeping those costs within a, a certain range. And so that's going to be the leading factor that most businesses would need to think about. So Clearly, it's a necessity, though, right? So all all buildings, all commercial spaces need to be cleaned at some point. And really, the question is, at what cadence, right? Is it every day? Is it every week? Is it every night, morning? Now that we have COVID, it's almost become even a requirement, right? Not only for cleaning, just for cleaning's sake, but now for health reasons, right? So. OSHA is involved, but is the National Health Organization uh, getting in into the game of making sure that their the spaces that employees go to every day are clean? Yeah. So from our standpoint, we're not seeing that, right? Um, I have clients that dictate the schedule around which they want us to clean. Um, I was speaking to my lawyer the other day, and he was telling me that he's been popped up on by the New York City Department of Health um, three or four times now and they're doing these random checks. I think that's more to ensure that businesses are following their own protocols, making sure they have people that are, you know, wiping down and cleaning. These small kind of mom and pop shops, they don't have the budgets to hire a professional cleaning company to come in every day of the week. When I'm asked to come in, it's typically two to three times a week to say, hey, you guys know what you're doing. Can you help us out? Maybe they want us to professionally apply disinfectant maybe they want professional janitorial services over that span of two to three days. But yeah, there is no body that says you have to, um, you know, clean every day of the week. I think there's kind of an understanding that you're supposed to be implementing some, some safety uh, measures uh, pretty regularly, but there's no go governing body to, to oversee that. You know, when I hear the old adage, I don't buy a service, I buy a result. I think of cleaning, right? I don't really need a cleaning service. I need a clean building. And so how do 
customers, how do your clients know that their building is clean? And or perhaps, you know, as we get into the disinfectant conversation, how do they know that it's COVID free? Right. So um, for, for the first part, you know, you're right. Cleaning is subjective, right? Uh, I think there are kind of baseline um, baseline requirements that every client is looking for. Uh, and then interestingly enough, this will span both commercial and residential. The needs of clients are very discreet and different, right? And so um, as long as you're hitting a baseline, you know, and we define that in our scope and proposals of work, then there may be kind of nuanced details that a, a client may ask us for. And then it's on the client to come back and say, hey, you've met those details, um, you know, thank you. Or you haven't, and then we go in and take corrective steps. So that's for the cleaning. Um, in terms of disinfecting, we, we actually go through a pretty thorough process to ensure clients have the, um, an environment which is really clean and disinfected. We manually wipe down and clean spaces. We go back, we apply a disinfectant with electrostatic sprayers. And even, uh, you know, to follow that up, we'll send out documentation, which allows a client to see who was at their site, the date of service, what products were applied, and who was the team. So if there's ever any question, if there's ever any doubt, then we have records and documentation to show that those steps were followed. And we can, you know, call on those people, let's say if the government wanted to come in to find out what was done that day. Let me ask you this, Damon, um, you're in New York City, which is the epicenter of uh, businesses um, struggling with COVID, office buildings struggling with COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like there are two opposing forces going on here, like the immovable object and the irresistible force. You've got COVID pulling everybody out of the office buildings, so no one's coming into the buildings. But the people that are up and running have even higher priorities in terms of cleaning and 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 healthcare and and sanitation. How has that fallen out in terms of your business or your industry's business in New York, for example? Is the overall business up, down, flat? What's happened? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, actually. Um, so look, I, I was fortunate, and I think when you look at my career um, in this space, I've been fortunate. I was fortunate when somebody introduced me to my first commercial project. I was fortunate to find myself with my large, largest client right now. Um, if I didn't have these opportunities, it'd be a real struggle, just being completely transparent with you, right? Um, the reality of it is businesses are just not, they're not in the spaces that we need them to, to be to offer our cleaning services. One of the primary things that I'm focused on is trying to grow my business in this environment beyond my existing clients. And that's been very hard. Um, the challenge is just what you hit, just what you said, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, commercial properties are not letting their clients back in the space. Because of that, our customers are not finding us or they're not looking for us. And so it's been hard to grow the business beyond my existing customer base. There are kind of um, sprinkles of, 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 of light. I get calls from like very specific industries that are open, but a lot of companies are competing for that business. And so it's been hard. It's been very hard to identify new opportunities, I hope, 
that as we start to see these vaccines kick in, people um, going back to offices that the man will pick up, but it's been a real challenge. So I get that, right? And I think a lot of it has to do with vaccines, as you mentioned, but also a lot of it has to do with how spaces are cleaned, right? And so uh, what's going to motivate me to go back to the office is the guarantee that my office is COVID safe or COVID free. Right. So that really then enter in cleaning business, enter in poor cleaning or the numerous other cleaning businesses out there to provide some degree of peace of mind that the environment is 99.9% clean. Just like I buy my soap, <laughs> I buy Dove, you know, it's because it's 99.9% .9 pure and that makes me feel better in some way, shape or form. So the, the, the level of guarantees are important. I was at, um, I went away a couple weekends ago and I stayed at a Hilton hotel. Mm -hmm. Hilton does an interesting thing. They put these um, uh, these markers on the door. They seal the door and they to illustrate that no one has been in this room before you. And this seal has a cleaning seal on it saying that the last person or last human that was in this room was a cleaning person. And so when you open the door, you break the seal and then you have this peace of mind thinking that, you know, this room is clean and you're the first human to touch it. Is there something like that that we're going to start seeing moving forward that's pervasive across the industry or what are we, what's going to get people to feel more comfortable? Is it guarantees? What is it? That solution must really piss off the guests that forgot to check out. Yeah, um, it's an interesting question. Um, let me let me tee this up in a, in, in a different way. One of the challenges that I faced in terms of disinfecting work is just that point, right? A disinfecting cleaning is only as good as the last moment that disinfectant was applied. And so as a business, it's very hard to say, hey, come in and disinfect because five minutes later, somebody can come behind cough and potentially contaminate a surface. There is technology that's being uh, deployed in the space right now. And we're actually working with some providers that will create a higher sense of um, safety and peace of mind, as, as, as you said, Alex. Um, antimicrobial technology uh, basically enables a cleaning company to provide those same steps that I described earlier, cleaning, manual wiping, disinfecting, but then adding a third step, which would be applying that antimicrobial layer. These layers are EPA registered and what they do, well, they can be EPA registered. Let me, let me qualify that. They can be, they're not all. Some companies have EPA registration. And the idea is basically to apply a, an additional layer on top of a disinfected surface that will allow the surface to remain contaminant free for up to 90 days. That's 90 days in a, in a, in a test environment. What they're seeing in real world uh, practice is about 30 to 45 days. So the idea that your team has left, you don't know who's been in the space. Uh, you had a cleaning company come in that's now using standard cleaning practices and disinfecting methods would then apply that antimicrobial layer should give a high degree of confidence to both the business operator and to the employees that you have a space in which you can work and that space would be contaminant free 
preventing the ability for microbes to grow or, or um, exist on these, on these treated surfaces. You know, that reminds me of my grandmother. She used to have plastic covers on her couches <laughs> to make sure that none of us kids. <laughs> yeah, we all did. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't 45 days, but it was like more like 25 years. Yeah, that's, but that's, right. that's right. Yeah. But that, that's the idea. I think you hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. Well, it, in that situation, obviously, that's going to be more expensive for the cleaning company to provide that kind of service, to execute that kind of service. It's, a, I guess, a longer, an additional step, which means the work takes longer. Is your business set up that it's a, that it's a cost plus type business? Is it, are these contracts that you negotiate? And I mean, this higher cost from your end to provide the services that your client needs, is that something the client's willing to pay for? That part has not been tested yet. My gut instinct is that we'll find some customers that will. I think the large, the larger companies, the big boys, so to speak, they're doing this already. Airlines are doing it. Large companies like Coca-Cola, Southwest, they're applying these technologies. The question becomes, when does the cost um, or the benefit outweigh the cost? And so what we're looking at is trying to find ways to make it cost effective for our clients quite honestly, also trying to use this as a way for us to get into spaces or conversations with these larger, these larger providers, these larger companies. But um, yeah, for the small guy, it's going to be cost prohibitive. I will, I will be honest, but look, if you think about it, a treatment, one treatment for COVID can run hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, you know, you multiply that out over, you know, a daily basis for a month, you're talking a lot of money. Yeah, well, it depends on who's burdening that cost, right? I mean, you've got the company, you've also got the individual who uh, you know is impacted directly uh, by COVID, and so there, there's going to be different types of people that feel a different way about uh, you know cleanliness, if you will. You know, you go to a plane, and there's some people on a plane that wearing that are wearing hazmat uniforms. <laughs> right. Other people are wearing masks, right? So you and 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 in some cases. You know, the airlines have always been in the business of charging one person more if they want more leg room, more more seating room, whatever, and charging someone less who just wants no frills. Are we going to get into a, a world where people that are a little bit more thin-skinned who want more protection will be willing to pay a premium and those that just are whatever will will end up, you know, getting a discount? How personal will the protection be in the future? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a tough question. I, I suspect it's going to be hard to provide that level of service at a discount. The, 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 the cost to me as a provider are, are, you know, they're high. Just, you know, there was no other way to say it. And so being able to discount that service at whatever degree, I'm only, I'm only still going to have but so much room. If you're talking disinfecting services already, there's you know a premium that you know wasn't there, and now we have more um, to to think about with this antimicrobial layer. So there's really not a lot of room for discounting. Those that want the services will have to pay for them, or or you'll just have to opt out and wait for you know this this virus to mimic more of a, a flu kind of pattern. Damon, taking a bit of a macro step here. Um to get your insight into a, a big topic that broke early in the COVID pandemic, which was how many workers could work from home and how many workers did not have that option. 
And for the people that could work from home, it was, I want to, I don't want to say seamless, but it was a, it was a transition that was accomplished. They, the kids could study from home. The parents mm -hmm. could work from home. Single people could work from home. Uh, they could go outside and they could, they could exercise. They, they almost enjoyed the freedom of having that kind of a schedule. A lot of industries, and from what I read, 60% of workers cannot work from home. My, my initial gut read is that a lot of the people that work for you and in your industry can't work from home because you can't clean the office in your backyard. Mm -hmm. What have you seen has been the, the impact of COVID to your, the workers in your industry? And what, if anything, can be or is being done to help? Yeah, uh, so you're right. Our team is basically, so commercially, I deem my team as an essential um, workforce. Uh, for the work that we do for New York State, that's an essential workforce. So they are required to go into the field and actually perform work. Uh, so in this regard, it hasn't impacted um, the team much. The other side of my business, um, which you know is residential cleaning, there's been significant impacts, right? The, the amount of people that want cleaners coming into their homes right now to do residential cleaning has decreased a lot, uh, either because they're in the home and they don't want people there, or they just don't want that element, whether they're home or not, coming into their home. And so, you know, if you were to ask me purely about commercial cleaning, absolutely. You know, the team is par for the course, working, going to work every day. Residential has seen a huge impact. Um, you know, the residential side of the business has, has seen a huge impact. And so I don't expect that to change anytime soon. I can appreciate that residential side of it. I feel the same way. I've basically been sequestering in, in place, been very careful. Uh, I've uh, suspended my, my maid uh, service, although I'm still supporting her and, her and her child. But I don't want a stranger coming in here, especially somebody who's in an industry that takes them to other homes on a regular basis, right? Because that just expands the, the touch points. Um, but I, I feel I feel I feel very strongly we need to help the all these workers out there in all these different industries that for no fault of their own have been have been frozen out of the ability to earn a living. Well, let me ask you a question, Jamie. Do you clean your house more or less? Oh, I was supposed to clean while the mate doesn't come. <laughs> <laughs> that that would explain my problems moving around in here. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know. I mean, it's I, when I, it's one of the things that you just you would just naturally think that because you're in your house, you're spending more time at home, you're seeing more of the things that you probably wouldn't see pile up in you know one room or the other. So you're naturally more inclined to just pick it up because it's you know because it's well, I've fits. tried to do that. I've uh, I've I've, I've I'm, I'm on the same same schedule as the maid once a week, same day, same morning. Only I do the cleaning and the laundry. And I got to tell you, I'm, I had a lot to learn, <clears throat> but um, it's actually, uh, I actually kind of enjoy it. It's, it's, uh, it's the kind of work where you, it takes your mind away from other stressful things. You focus on the physical aspect of the work and it's actually, uh, um, uh, it's been cathartic in some ways. So, but I do want her back because I, I compared to what the, the job she does, believe me, <laughs> this place needs a nuclear cleaning. Jamie, you and I both, uh, my wife gets on me because when I was working out in the office, she, you know, I didn't know the level of detail that was required. You can't hire somebody to help her right now. 
is her expectation is, yeah, you're working, but you need to get your butt out here and help me clean up as well. So uh, I long for the day as well. Well, so now, so the cleaning is a big part of all of our lives. I mean, we all have to do it at some point. I mean, someone does it. Either it's us, either the person that we that we that we live with, or we we pay an external person to come in our homes and do it for us. And it seems as if this a little this is ecosystem of services that make us live in a healthier environment. And when we get into um, health, we think about COVID, we think about all the other things and viruses and diseases that float around in the air that we, when we touch stuff, we get and all that. So when we look at commercial space, we look at residential space, it sounds like they're similar in a way, but let's fast forward five years from now, right? Okay. So once again, COVID's behind us. There might be another bug down the road that we have to be worried about. Um, are we changing the way that we think about clean? And if so, what does that mean for how we choose spaces, how we choose services, how we chooses, choose the places that we want to work or play? How is that going to affect our lives? So looking forward, what I see happening um, from a provider standpoint is ensuring that my team my entire team is trained, certified, uh, and all have a base level of understanding of how to properly clean, how to properly disinfect. I think your question is spot on. There's gonna be a new strain of something, a more um, uh, transmissible disease that we need to think about. And I think that companies need to identify uh, what tracks they're going to follow and then to present that to their clients to create a, a sense of credibility in terms of the ability to properly clean and disinfect a, um, a, a site or a work environment. I think that will also start to permeate into the residential side of the space, but not as much because um, I think people are a little bit more forgiving and the law is not as um, restrictive in terms of the types of cleaning providers that come into homes. And so um, I think that's kind of the natural progression. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see a bit more um, intelligence around, you know, maybe a, a consultative service where someone comes in and says, hey, look, um, client X, you, you have X number of square foot. You know, here's, the, here's a roadmap of how we're going to clean your place. Here's the expectation a year down the road. How, what's your foot traffic? And really analyzing the business and the building uh, and having some smart solutions about over time how those buildings are going to be cleaned and maintained would be interesting to me. But I, I mean, it sounds like that's already being done, um, maybe, or, or something that may, in fact, be needed in the future. But cool stuff. Yeah, no, we're, we're partnered with uh, ISA, uh, and they offer um, certifications on a janitorial cleaning basis or for advanced level training. And then they also have a program for certifying a business, its practices, and then, uh, you know, giving the business the ability to kind of champion that or brandish that, uh, that certification to say that they've met these requirements uh, and that they are, you know, ISA certified in terms of a, a business and or building. So yeah, I think people are heading in that direction and we're kind of following that track. That's why we're partnering with that same uh, third-party vendor I mentioned, ISA. Hey, Damon, a macro, macro excuse me, a macro question. Um, two big trends came out of the 70s and 80s was the move to on-time inventory and outsourcing. And when COVID hit, um, 
we saw the weakness of the on-time inventory model when a run on a product like toilet paper, there's, there's no, nothing to fill it right away. Um, there's no inventory back in the back of the store to cover that. Um, outsourcing has been a big trend as a lot of companies found it cheaper to outsource um, services like cleaning. Um, given what's going on with COVID uh, and how we're readjusting the economy, do you think there's any change to that outsourcing model in terms of your business or status quo moving forward? No, I, yeah, I, I'd imagine, look, if, if businesses are great at financial services, if they're great at creating you know, tech hubs, um, they're going to want to continue to do that. Uh, and in fact, I, 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 would, I would argue that there will probably be an increase in demand for you know, highly skilled cleaning professionals. And so we'll probably continue to see outsourcing play a, a strong factor in how companies, you know, staff and clean their, their sites and, you know, quite possibly, you know, a, a run up in demand for that. So I think, you know, we're going to become a less of a commoditized service and more of a highly specialized service. And the companies that do that are probably going to do really well. And that, that goes back to your point, Alex, in terms of, you know, consultative services, strategies and approaches for not only short term, but mid and long term uh, company planning. You know, I can tell you about outsourcing on a residential front. For me, one of the biggest, most awkward moments is when you're at home and the cleaning lady or man is in your apartment cleaning while you're there. <laughs> That's the most awkward moment. <laughs> and so usually it works best when you're not there. Right. And so, you know, you go to work, you come home, clean house uh, and, it, and it feels clean because you knew what it was like when you left the house. Uh, and then when you get back in the house after the cleaning was done, you're like, wow, this feels great. But when you're sitting there and the person is cleaning around you, you're like, <laughs> you know, the, the transformation isn't isn't as, you know, isn't as great. Right. And so I so I think for, for the most part, it, as, as long as we get out of the house at some point in time, which I'm hoping happens sooner than later, uh, I think, you know, the cleaning service business will will pick back up uh, on the residential front. But I love what you're what you're saying on the commercial side it makes a good point. Yeah, Alex, you make a great point. People who know me who are listening to this probably assume that I'm walking around behind the maid pointing things out because I'm so anal about being neat. But it's absolutely true. You don't even want to be around. You, you want to be out of the way. Let them do their job. I don't want to see what she's doing that gets to the final product. It's like you really don't want to go into the kitchen uh, of the restaurant and really see what goes on. You're better off just enjoying the food out front. Yeah, when she picks up that dirty underwear, you're like, that wasn't me. That, that wasn't me. I was <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was dirty, it wasn't me. <laughs> so I have an interesting little story that, that might be um, relevant here. I had a, an a employee in my first few years starting. Uh, she went into a customer's home. And apparently this guy, uh, he, he wants to be home. And I'm assuming that there's a percentage of people, there are a percentage of people that want to be home when the cleaners are there for, you know, for a variety of reasons. But this one guy, he decided that he was going to take a shower. And in doing that, uh, with the cleaner there, you know, he uh, took himself out of the shower without his towel and my, my employees there. And so as an employee, I have like red, red flags going off everywhere. She's calling me and I'm like, hey, get out of there. Like, it's not safe. And she she managed it, you know, but it's funny, you know, just hearing this kind of, you know, this thread that we're, we're talking about right here. 
there are people out there that want to be in, that will still want to be in their home, even pre or uh, post COVID uh, when, when cleaners are there. Well, there's so. a website for that. I think <laughs> I, had, I, I had a girlfriend who not only used to like to be at home while the maid was there, <clears throat> she'd offer her an espresso, sit down, have a coffee. I'm saying like, <laughs> what, what the, what's going on over there? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, anyway, so, well, Damon, um, as we as we as we as we come to the end of this episode, um, uh, we were talking earlier. You're from Brooklyn, so I, I I wanted to get your what are your what are your sports affiliations in the New York area? Are you uh, are you a Nets fan, Knicks fan, Giants, Jets? Where are you on that spectrum? So yeah, first first of all, yeah, big up to Brooklyn. I'm, I am truly from Brooklyn. Um, I grew up loving the Giants and loving the Yankees and loving the Knicks. So these past few years have been absolutely miserable. So, um, you know, I long for the day that Patrick or his heir apparent will return and bring the Knicks to glory. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that Brooklyn got some, some big names to, to, to the, throw their roster, throw to their roster, but, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking for the the Knicks, Yankees, and the, and the Giants to start winning again. That's what I'm I'm holding out for. Well, you're a loyal fan. It's, 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 you should be commended. I'm a Steelers fan from back in the '70s when living in Canada, we all picked an American team to follow, and uh, it was a tough weekend last weekend. But uh, it, it's it's a certain familiarity and certain pleasure of following your same team over the years, even if they don't win all the time. You know. Yeah, it's just once you get to like the fifth or sixth year, that's when you're like, all right, guys, knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like <So>. marriage so damon thank you very much for your time it's been a very interesting uh and enlightening conversation thank damon, you and thank you very much as well for me for having taken the time and coming on board and discussing uh an industry that's right at the uh right in the crosshairs of of what's going on right now thank you jamie thank you it's been a pleasure gentlemen You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Please give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.